The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The brain is our personal tool to keep us at our best and realize self-esteem. The mind, body, and immune system work together to help us make the right choices and to reach our purpose and potential. Welcome to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Lindsay and her guests are the go-to experts when it comes to relationships, sexuality, parenting, and wellness. We're here to enlighten and inform you. Now, here is your host, Lindsay Levinson. Hi, I'm Lindsay Levinson, and I am your host here at Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. We're on Voice America, and we're on the Variety Channel. So welcome, and I always am thrilled for new listeners, and I'm really thrilled for those of you who continue to follow. So thank you so very much for that. Facebook, Illuminating Now. That's just one word, Illuminating Now. And if you'd go to our page and like us and take a look at what's going on. We have questions and some contests and lots of different things. And if you scroll up and down, you'll see a lot of activity that we've had over these last few months. So it's been really fun and exciting and a lot of participants. And for that, I want to thank you as well for listening, for following, for sharing, for participating, you know, for just getting yourself involved. That's great. That's what makes what I call a community. I like to not really call this a radio station as much as kind of a community that we're all doing together. We're building it. My website is qualityforlifecoaching.com, so quality for life coaching, four words, and check it out. It's brand new, and a lot of new stuff coming, blog coming, all kinds of stuff coming, so uh, check out qualityforlifecoaching.com, and if you would like to call me, we can do a complimentary session to, um, you know, evaluate if there's any work you'd like to do or any, anything at all that interests you, so do get in touch with me on that site. And Gary, who I'm about to introduce and will in a moment, but that's Gary Loper. And you probably have heard of him and he's been on our show. And so he is at GaryLoper.com. And you can also reach him in his email, which is Gary at GaryLoper. That's L-O-P-E-R.com. There will be a Lindsay Life Secret because there always is. So, of course, I couldn't let you down there. But um I want to introduce our guest and tell you that he is a teacher, he's an author, he's a coach, he is so many things, he knows a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff, and if you go on his website, you're going to see what I mean, because he has joined us here quite a bit to talk about relationship, which has been really valuable, and gotten a good response, And um, but it can be really interesting when you get on someone's site and see they have expertise in a lot of other areas too. He offers a complimentary session for 30 minutes, and when you see all the things he is involved in, it would be very worthwhile for you to take him up on that. So again, GaryLoper.com. Go take a look at that. It, you can't lose, and you can only win. So he also has um, free offerings and eBooks and things that you can really take advantage of to help you, whether it be relationship issues or leadership or Twitter or lots of things that he's involved in. So... 
Let me just do the quick bio that I like to read to make sure you get the gist of the person you're about to meet. Gary Loper is a recognized Twitter expert. He's a mindset coach, motivational speaker, trainer, former talk radio host, and life and business coach. A highly respected entrepreneur. Helping people master the business of life. So this is what he teaches on how to become successful and to produce and maintain positive solutions, stay in a positive mindset, attract and manifest true wealth. He's living proof of how to take your personal experience and shift it in a positive direction. His foundation to building better relationships is based on the determination to have a positive life contrary from his upbringing. So he lived in somewhat of a dysfunctional situation, but in the midst of that, you know, and challenged by personal losses, he was guided to new levels, understanding with relationships, and he's, he's applied these to experiences. This is how he lives his life, very purposeful, and his intention is to help others. He decided and learned his purpose was to empower people, to uncover their gifts, develop confidence, create better relationships with themselves, and of course, others in their lives. So... I'm going to introduce Gary Lofer and say welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, it's a pleasure, Lindsay. Thank, thank you. You're welcome. So today is a little unique in that Gary and I have had some exchanges over relationship issues. And as I said, people have found that really valuable. We're going to talk about leadership today. We're going to talk about what makes a good leader and what, what qualities and if you read the, you know, descriptor to the radio station or, you know, I have a theory that it's all an illusion. Leadership is an illusion unless followers will follow you. So really, what do followers need? What does it take? And I believe we're back to it's not just a checkbox list. It's, it's, it's character, you know, and, we're, and Gary and I are going to talk through this. I am going to read some answers, and I'm just going to start with a few and sort of sprinkle them throughout the show. So please do stay tuned throughout the whole show to see if your answer got read. Ivor Kellogg, just named simply, listener, inspire, compassionate. So that makes a lot of sense. You, you can't go wrong with those. And Gary Brewer said, a good, li- a good leader lives by this rule alone. Quote, seek first to understand, then to be understood. What do you think about that, Gary? Understand, well, understanding is, is absolutely vital, vital, and it's, you know, when we talked about some in the relationship discussions, I believe it's the same rules in relationships, it's in business and leadership. Understanding comes from listening, being receptive and being able to be open to be able right. to hear the points of view and be able to look for a better way. I think we, we can't do this all by ourselves. We have to be able to have input. It's kind of the computer of our mind. Need more input so we can make better decisions. Right. Right. I like that. I really like that you correlated that with relationship because, of course, that's the whole point I'm making as well in a different way. But leaders and followers, there is no leader without the other half of the relationship, which is the follower. Otherwise, again, it's, it's an illusionary word if we just have yeah. a leader in the world. I, I remember one, something, I, I don't know, maybe it was an Eisenhower or something, or, or one of the presidents in the 40s or 50s said, if you think you're a leader and you turn around and nobody's following you, you know, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you are in trouble. That wouldn't be a good thing. So let me read a couple more. So Todd Hirschberg just answered again a, a simple answer, and sometimes those are the best, but he said firm but fair. So that was Todd Hirschberg, and Lou War said this. Humility, 
integrity, passion, and execution are the keys to what make a good leader. What do you think about that, Gary? Well, humility. Humble, yeah, humility. Yeah, humility, it's, integrity, passion, and execution. I, I just remember so many, so many of my managers were not very humble, very authoritative, you know, demanding, and you know, it's a, it's a certain way. And then, re- really, in those ways, and these were foremans in, in machine shops, and it still sort of goes into sort of that some maybe some of the military mindset. And I think that the important thing to remember is everybody's motivated, but everybody's motivated differently. To be able right. to, so if we can be able to look at what does it need to be able to take, and maybe the way that we're motivated is not the way other people are, and to be able to be honest and and humble enough to be able to realize that there are a better way, or our team might have a better idea or a better way to be able to execute it. You know, it's like I said, it to be able to be a leader is a team, and you have to be able to look at the team and be able to cash in on all the talents that are there to be able to get you to the goal. It doesn't have to be your way. Right. I, yeah, again, I like that. And I like that you honed in on humility. Humility is really so important because it's, it's, it's the rolling up of our sleeves. It doesn't necessarily mean we're doing what every single player on our team is doing, but it is not trying to throw around power. It's not trying to be bigger or better than anyone else, and it's certainly not trying to scare everyone <laughs> that they could lose their jobs if they don't listen to you. So I, I think that a humble approach of really joining is is really critical and and what you just said makes a lot of sense as well. I, I really appreciate that elaboration. Matt Weber said, leaders need to be smart and confident about their position. If they lack confidence, nobody who follows them will have confidence in them or the project. And I want to ask you about that in a minute, but I want to say that I, I wrote Matt back. I wrote everyone back, but in, in this case, I wanted to draw into a bit that I talked a lot about like a victim. I, I, I use that analogy, that if a victim walks around looking over their shoulder, looking scared, being afraid, being sure they're worthy of something that is going to be, you know, the bad, uh, I call the prey of bad energy, uh, they're likely to be the one chosen to be victimized rather than someone holding their head up strong. So I use that analogy as um, something that I agreed that a leader sort of needs to do the same thing, hold their head up high, believe in their own belief systems, have integrity, what do you think about the smart and confident about their position being critical to others? Well, I think, con- I think confidence probably is, you know, even more important because, you know, people are looking to be able to be led. They're looking for better ways. They want to be able to improve their life, their business, every aspect of themselves. You know, we want a you know, better government. We want elected officials. And it's that confidence, that air that's a magnetism that that we can be, you know, that, that the followers in the team said, okay, you know, I can trust them. They know where they're going. They know what they need to be able to do. And smartness comes around, you know, it, it was just amazing. Um, Henry Ford, you know, he was often criticized. Yeah. He was often criticized that, that he wasn't very smart. Right. And I think, you know, his response was something like, well, I don't have to be because I can hire the smartest people in the world. <laughs> 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 you know, Andrew Carnegie, you know, said, you know, I don't make steel. I hire people 
to be able to make steel and to be able to do this thing, I shape men and I shape direction. So I think that smartness is something that, you know, again, it becomes a collective consciousness of the team and those people, but the confidence and know where you were going and be able to hold the vision and say, this is where we're going. I think, I think that's a more attractive value as a leader. Yeah. And, you know, and when you talk about smartness as well, I think, um, you know, I think the smartest people seek wisdom. That's just mm-hmm. something. And that's what you're saying with these. And I really agree with that, that, you know, I think the insecurity in our society is people want to be smart. So they either want to get a credential or want to flash it or want to explain it or want to know a lot about things. And that goes back to humility, the humility, like, you know, I wake up every day and I hope to learn something new. I hope to grow. That is really, truly what I wake up to do. So, you know, I, I, I think that's a good thing because there's wisdom. We can't possibly have it all in our heads Oh, yet. yeah. And, and, in, and I know that I've dedicated myself. And I, I, was, I was first exposed to personal development back in 1989 when I was going for my, uh, my marketing degree. I took a public speaking class. was shown a tape by Tony Robbins and Dennis Waitley. And then I saw that, and that instilled in me a hunger that every single day since 1989, I have been looking for more knowledge. So that personal development grew into business and relationship and all of these other things, and I just became hungry for that knowledge. But again, you know, having that vision and developing the courage to be able to, okay, so now I have all of this, now I'm going to go out and share it with the world. Right. I think you right. have that wisdom, you get that knowledge, and you just get hungry for more of it, and it just becomes an insatiable appetite to be able to get more and more and more. And sometimes you have to rely on other people to um, provide their knowledge. Well, exactly. And it's what we're doing on the show today. It's reading these answers. That's why I believe community is so important because people like you and I, we are. We are reaching out for knowledge. We are really interested in it. Um, There's a formula about how that comes together for what we learn and why we have such a need to learn and grow, and then we become leaders or coaches and want to share. But it isn't, and I think from I think you and I really relate to this together. That it isn't because we know it all. Like that's why I said I don't really even this radio show. I don't look at it like a radio show where I'm an expert and I have something to say. I look at it as a forum to build a community where people will join. And when we all listen to each other's answers, it gives us a reason to talk about it or think about it or expand our own thinking to something we didn't think of before. Do you agree with that? That that whole community concept is how it, you know, growth becomes expansive. Right. Well, I think uh, I learned that a wise man is somebody that will learn from everybody and every situation. I like that. Everybody can learn from somebody else. Even, you know, the shyest person can be able to teach us something. You know, somebody who's, who's really down on, you know, down on their luck, you know, life's treating bad, homeless, whatever it is, there's always lessons, something that we can be able to gain from them. Right. It's going to be able to help us become better. So, you know, if we open ourselves up and say, you know, everybody is going to be able to teach me something, I'll have a little different perspective. You know, what, what do they say that um, you'll go crazy if you try to be able to please all the people? But, yeah. if you get, but, but if you get enough opinions, 
you can probably come to a conclusion that you're going to be able to at least satisfy your team, your customers, the people who are more likely to be able to either purchase your product or whatever else that you're leading them towards. But if, if you get that opinion, they'll, they'll have a bigger pool, more information, and you'll be able to suit their needs and solve their problems better. And that's the only way you can do that is listening and being open to what they have to say. Right, right. I love it. I, I love meeting people that have this attitude. Let me read what Dave Haskell wrote. Dave said, one who inspires. That's the key element, I think. Everything else is a matter of style. So inspiration, is that part of what we're talking about here, Gary? Um, yeah. 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 It's, it's, inspiration, lighting the candle. What, what did they say that, uh, you know, a candle doesn't lose its brightness by sharing its light with others and lighting somebody else up? So if we can inspire them to be able to light up, how much brighter is that collective with all of those candles? Right. I like that. I like a lot of the things you offer. And in fact, you offered an answer to this question. So I'm going to read your answer. <laughs> so Gary Lofer got involved. Gary Lofer, you know, Gary answers a lot of things. And, it, and, and that's why I got in touch with him, honestly. And he's on the show. He's, I, there was a particular wisdom shining through a lot of these things. And so I didn't even know that Gary was a coach and a teacher and an author until I started finding out who this guy was. But here's what he said. Great leaders get the most of their team by listening, being willing to learn, admit mistakes, take suggestions, get into the trenches when needed, validate, grow new leaders, create an atmosphere of cooperation and acknowledging the gifts and accomplishments of the team and the individuals. So that's, you know, that's saying a lot, but it really makes so much sense. I mean, when you say things like get in the trenches when needed and validate, and especially I love when you say grow new leaders, right? Isn't that mm-hmm. a leader's responsibility to, to yeah. grow a new leader? Yep, it is. And, and it's amazing, you know, the, the, you know, getting in the trenches. I remember I, would, I used to manage bowling centers back in Milwaukee. And I know that uh, I was on the management team, and none of the other managers would help help the waitresses pick up the glasses or do some of the other things, help the bartenders out if it got busy. You know, they just sort of sat back and watched. And right. I, I was continually picking things up, picking up extra trays, or at least moving them into an area where they can be able to pick up, finding some way that I could be able to help make their their life easier. I, I just did this. Without even thinking about it, I did it. But what was impressive for me, and I didn't, I didn't find, I didn't find out about this until a couple of days afterwards. There was a um, a disagreement of uh, philosophy <laughs> between me and the uh, the man, you know, the general manager of the property, and so I was no longer working there. <laughs> and what I found out is that several of the staff, when they found out that I wasn't there anymore, they left. Oh. They said that nobody else worked with them, and they were the reason. They, you know, they all requested the nights that I was on, because knowing that it was a team, knowing, knowing that they were validated going through that. And, 
And again, you know, so we talked about earlier about the humility and going through that. And it's like, no, I wasn't too good to be able to pick up glasses and be able to realize that and because it was the whole center that was the vision. But you imagine somebody new coming in and they walk in and they will see a pile of glasses when they first walk in the door. Right. That's, that's not the, so, you know, you're just looking at what's the bigger picture and to be able to go through that. And it's, you know, it was really touched me that they reacted that way. That so is that, touching. That says a lot. I mean, it says a lot about you, and it says a lot about not just how you behaved, but again, the modeling. That goes back to the inspiration, right? You inspired mm-hmm. people to really see what you're doing and to realize. Um, you know, so so going back, and I, I have a few more to read, but we'll we'll sprinkle them a little bit, like I said, so maybe after a break, toward the end of the show, um, throw a few more of these out for us to bounce around, but I want to talk about what we started the show with, you know, me saying at least that a follower has to have something to follow and it's not the, it's not the human. It's not that person has great pants or that person has a great hairstyle. I mean, that that won't sustain. So, so a follower that truly will believe in, again, a certain belief system, a certain project, um, have loyalty, like you're saying, stack the glasses. I mean, whatever these things are, pick them up, be involved, roll up sleeves. That comes from some sort of character that that leader exudes that I believe not only you respect, but you kind of want to see it in yourself. You either have some of it and would love more or you don't really have that, but you know, you really stare at that leader like, God, you know, they're just, they impress me. So let's talk about empathy, for example. What do you think about empathy? Is that something a leader, a leader needs? Oh, of course, because, you know, depending where you are, like, like, you know, the example we use in a bowling center or a lot of other things. So if you're the leader in some kind of business, and your people are, you know, maybe minimum wage. These are part-time employees or something else. They're not, you know, they're there because they need that check. Right. But a lot of others, their life is still going on. And there's a lot of other things. And, and to be able to be empathetic and be able to understand that, we can't expect somebody to come in with a quarter million dollar attitude to do a a ten dollar an hour job. <laughs> like we're not that. we're not going to get the same level of commitment in a lot of other things. And there's also you know probably you know their emotional evolution isn't as far as it needs to be, and so they're still dealing with a lot of stuff, and it impacts them. Either, you know, they're going to call off or something else is going to go on. They're going to have problems with their car and a lot of other things. Or, you know, kids get sick or something else. And, you know, we just have to be able to look at that life, life comes up. Consequences of life happen all the time. And the more flexible we are and the more understanding and be able to realize, okay, so, you know, a lot of those life things, those economic things, those, ha- those are going to happen during certain periods of your life. You know, more so than more so than not. So, if we understand that some of these these situations, some of these attitudes, are all sort of the process that we went through, and be able to understand, that's like, okay, this is a human nature thing. So, we need to be able to understand that other people are going through the same learning process that we had to, in order for them to be able to evolve and learn all the lessons they need to, so they can be able to become the best they can be. 
Right. So having been there, having, I mean, that's, you're tying that back to empathy. And I, and I think it's, it, all these words will tie together because, you know, and yet they are separate. They're really separate characteristics. I mean, you could be honest or you could be hardworking or, you know, ethical, but not be empathetic. I mean, there are mm-hmm. things they, they don't all link together, but I think, um, empathy is, is, it really is being able to stand in someone else's shoes to you, to the best of your ability. So it, it, it is, and, and I think it really ties into something because this this is just sort of coming to me that I often say that the biggest human need that people have is to be validated. I think you can strip everything else aside, and I think that you know, really, bottom line, we're all looking to be able to be validated. And isn't empathy? a validation of what you're going through. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know a word that I have used on this show many times and maybe even with you, but which is about validation is, you know, we're all looking for a witness because that, mm-hmm. that I think, again, as you brought up leadership and followers and it's, it, it has very much similarity to relationship. And I believe that people, you know, think they're looking for someone to do fun things with and not be alone on the holidays. And, but I really, it's much more primal. At a primal level, we seek to walk this journey with a witness. And we want a witness to witness what, what we've said, what we do, who we are, what we stand for. Because sometimes we get, you know, clouded and we get in our own way. So I think that that really drives home that point. Empathy is validation it's it's stepping in someone's shoes and saying wow okay this is what it feels like to be oh my gosh I don't think I would have been so hard on you if I knew this is what Mm -hmm. your job felt like so you know whether it's those words or not I think the concept stands what do you think about consistency I'm you know how does does a leader can they change it all up all the time do they have to have what you know what's consistency how would that be involved in leadership well, I think consistency in anything that you do is is a huge habit, a very, very important habit that you have to be able to, because you're going to be able to gain respect from your team, from your family, from your partners, whatever else it is. And so you can't be flowing in and out of moods and shifts and be able to look at So again, you have to be able to look at what is your team So, you know, if you've got a large team and there's a lot of diversity that some of these people are motivated by more pressure and some people need to be have less and the respect and, you know, the, you know, some of the validation things. So we have to be able to be consistent with, with everybody and what, what's going through there. But it's, you know, it's the same thing. If you're in a relationship, you know, when, you know, that consistency of being able to see each other. And you start building that trust and rapport. So if if your actions as a leader are consistent, the same way in your relationship is that you know your partner, your team is going to be able to say, okay, this is the person. This is this is their buttons. This is their good stuff. I, I can start sort of seeing their bad stuff, and I can learn to be able to trust you and be able to have rapport. But if you're inconsistent and it's just, you know, whatever way the wind blows is your attitude and your response, then nobody's going to know what to expect. And they're, then they're always going to be on, up on eggshells and, like, you know, just, just waiting, waiting for problems. And I think when that happens, that's where more accidents, more injuries, 
catastrophes happen, right. people aren't able to be able to be their best because they don't know what to expect. And consistency is going to give them a foundation. Okay, this is what we're going to expect of what's going to go on. Right. I, again, love that you brought up the word trust. It was on the tip of my tongue. I, I, I wanted to just say that to me is huge. It's, it's, you know, consistency allows for a pattern to be depended on. And when you can depend on something or know what's coming or expect, then you, you, you drop your fear down many levels from the unknown. And that's how trust is built. I can depend on this. I can count on this. I know what's going to happen. So I can have some trust around this and therefore give a little more of myself than, you know, I'm not sure what's coming. So I'm afraid. So I hold back. Um, I, I really, I continue to really enjoy the way that you describe these scenarios, Gary. And I would just say consistency leads to, you're welcome, sustainability. We are going to take a break. We are going to come right back. There are more names to be read. You guys want to stay tuned. We have some more names and answers and Gary and I will bounce those around a bit, but you are on Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Our guest is Gary Loper, and I'm your host, Lindsay Levinson. And we're going to go off to break, but truly, we have good stuff coming. We always do, and Lindsay's Life Secrets, so stay tuned. What does success mean to you? Is it being just like the person on the other side of the fence where the grass is supposedly greener? We harbor too many feelings of envy and suppressed anger targeted at others, and it's holding us back from our success. Tune in to Wealthy Thoughts with Richard Levy. Just by listening, you'll be empowered to make positive lifestyle changes to live the successful life that you deserve to live. Wealthy Thoughts can be heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The world we live in has become a crazy place. Poverty is at an all-time high in the wealthiest nation on earth. We keep calling on government to save us with new programs. And now we have more people using food stamps than any time in our history. This problem continues to get worse. The answer to poverty is in our homes, churches, and communities, and through our children. Get the answers from The Mickey Ellison Show, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Tune in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call in to Patricia Raskin Positive Living Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. It's practical, positive solutions for a happy, empowered, and successful life there is a species that remains undiscovered by modern science this species is known by many names but most commonly known as bigfoot join todd standing and dr jeff meldrum for bigfoot north a program that sets out to uncover the species that has eluded modern science but that does truly exist Expert and celebrity guests will be on hand to discuss both the scientific evidence and conclusive fact of the species on this planet. Bigfoot North airs live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. To connect with Lindsay or her guest, please call in to the show at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to lindsay244 at sbcglobal.net. That's L-I-N-Z-I-244 at sbcglobal.net. Now, back to Illuminating Now. Hi, we're back. This is Lindsay Levinson, and I am your host here at Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. And we have our special guest, Gary Loper. And today we're talking about leadership. And I don't know when you tuned in, so we'll just recap. We've been reading some answers from the followers and listeners of this show, which are always really wonderful to read. Gary and I have come to a consensus. You know, we get smarter by reading. We, I mean, we get smarter by joining, by participating, by answering, by sharing, by communicating with each other. There's always a piece of something that you can expand upon in your own head, and all of a sudden, you know something else. So this is um, a great show. It's an important subject. I also just want to speak to the fact I have um, my own issues with, I don't really think we teach enough leadership in schools. I, I, I don't think this is a class. I don't think we do internship programs. I don't think we cultivate from five years old to 18 how to lead in a way that is um, functional and truly practical application stuff. What do you think, Gary, on that? Oh, there's a lot of things. The leadership is one thing. I know I was also do a goal-setting workshop, and goal-setting isn't isn't taught. There's so many really important life and business skills that intertwine that, you know, kids of all ages would benefit from learning. So, you know, I think that's another reason that's why the world needs more coaches. You know, people will talk about, well, why there's so many coaches, why all these other things, is these are the leaders who are starting to emerge because there is such a gap and things aren't covered in schools. And, and maybe, you know, with the school budgets or curriculums and things that they're supposed to be able to do, a lot of these things may not fit into that so there is an opportunity for life and business coaches to be able to lead people, to teach them how to be able to be leaders and not to be able to just become sheep in a program. But again, the responsible leader is there to be able to create more leaders and to be able to help them find their voice and be able to share their message. Because I think there's everybody, everybody's looking for something and you hear something different in, in different ways. And there's somebody out there waiting to be able to hear your message specifically for you. So I know that's one of my passions as a coach is to be able to help people find that voice so they can share that message because there are other people who are waiting to be able to have their lives positively changed from, um, from, you, from you being able to, to find that. That's great. I really, once again, love how you put that. I think... Um, I, I also, like you, leadership's one of them. I mean, my, the three I walk around, maybe four I walk around talking about a lot is leadership is not taught. In, and when I say taught, I don't mean a class. I mean, I'm saying from five to 18 and I have my own visions of how this gets done. So leadership is one. Um, philanthropy is another. 
communication is another and technology is a whole other world of its own. But I do believe, you know, if we're going to hand any kind of technology, mm-hmm. be, it a, be it a game or a cell phone to anyone, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, we need to start teaching them the actual chemicals and things in their brain that it will affect and let them make some decisions. We don't do that. We just raise them with it. But what you're talking about here in leadership and coaching, and I think that's really, I think that's really true. And I, I remember, I remember in one of my PhD papers, I was writing something about, you know, kids in a sandbox. And I was really putting this scenario together of how, you know, kind of this little crisis happens with somebody having a toy and somebody, and all, and the, the key three things that I felt were leadership, communication, and even philanthropy. How do you learn to share or give? How do you learn to communicate, which is, of course, a huge part of leadership. I don't, I don't think an effective leader can do that without some communication skills. But, you know, I drew it all the way back to the sandbox of five. Could anyone know what to do with that situation? And what if we actually, you know, simulated situations like that when people were young and taught them this is how to, you know, diffuse the conflict. This is how to be a giver. This is how to. So I just think it's so interesting. Let's just look at, uh, you know, what's coming to my mind. You know, again, like with my, my family situation, my parents weren't equipped emotionally to be able to provide the love and encouragement and validation that I needed. Right. And so where I, or I think that, you know, I forgot who said that, but, you know, they said it takes a village. Yes. So if we really look at it, that in our family situation, I think oftentimes our parents don't know how to be able to communicate. They may not know how to love. And there's a lot of things that we don't know. And again, it's, we're going back to that collective mindset and finding other people. You know, I guess that one of the things that I looked at, I, I saw an aunt and uncle of mine who had a great relationship, and I saw that. And I looked to them to be able to model their, the way that they were. Right. And so, so that's kind of the village is, if, you know, if we're looking at things and if we don't know how, we need to be able to get around people who've already succeeded at we, what we're dreaming about, what we want to have. And if we have kids and we realize, you know, we're leading kids, and if we don't have the skills to be able to lead them where they need to go to get the, you know, to have them reach their potential and beyond, then we need to put them in environments where they can be able to come out and we need to be able to learn as they're learning so we can be able to help help keeping them moving, moving them on track. Does that make sense? It does make sense. It does make sense. And I think it's really valid. You know, I was talking about communication and so anybody can communicate anything. And so I want to roll in the word and I know you've brought this up too in our discussions of honesty, leadership, connecting to honesty. So, you know, how, how does that affect the people that a leader is trying to lead, you know, a lot of times there's information you'd rather not tell people. You think they'll be scared. You know, you don't want to tell one person if you're not going to tell another, you know, so I don't know whether we call these omissions or being dishonest or keeping it quiet on the, on the down low, but what do you think about honesty and what that instills in the followers to believe they should keep well, following? It, it's, it's probably, a slippery slope, and depending on what the situation is, so I don't know if there's one answer for it. But I know you know going back to the humility and that honesty. Yeah. I think that you know 
you know, from that perspective, if we're humble and we can be able to admit our mistakes and realize that, you know, hey, as a leader, I need your input. That's a great idea. Everything else. And again, the team then will be able to build that trust, that trust and rapport, and they'll accept us on our bad days or realize, hey, I don't have all the answers. We're working this. I'm kind of steering the ship. But right. then there's other times. I, I know when um, in the 80s I was working in factory factory work, and there was a series of layoffs. Yeah. And each in, in, in each phase of the layoffs, there was say you know. So there is this stress and everything else is going on. There, oh, this many people are going to go, and I actually got my stomach was upset that I had, you know, some other medical issues that came up from the stress that the fact that I was going to lose, you know, may lose a job. So it, yeah. it was it was kind of one of you know, if I if probably more emotionally developed, or if the leaders there were, if there was some kind of guidance on. Well, what does that mean? So if you're going to be able to drop something that's going to impact somebody's life and they may not be prepared emotionally to be able to process it, then we need to be able to help them or get them to a place where they can be able to better understand what's going on. So, you know, if we're going to come a full out honest with, you know, with the good news, which will build a trust and poor and be able to help them and the humbleness, but if there's bad stuff, Either we have to be able to bring in stages or be able to be really aware that they may not fully understand or comprehend, and we need to be able to deliver it in a way that they can they can understand it and they can experience it, and they can make their best decisions. I think sometimes, you know, some business will get there and they're going to say, you know, they'll start looking at how can we be able to get as much out of this person. Okay, we know this position is going to go away or something's going to happen and we're not going to be honest with you and then all of a sudden we're going to surprise you and pink slip. <laughs> right. And it's like, and, you know, then you just devastated somebody. Absolutely. But, um, there, was, there was a company that I worked at so very many years ago back in, in corporate America. Um, you know, so... A, a lot of politics, a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, we've we've come a long way, I will say. I mean, I think it exists anyway. Politics are politics, and but we've come a long way with understanding and um, really paying closer attention to what this does to people. But in this company, it we had a standing joke about the brown box on your desk because. It just was happening that fast. These were fast-moving companies and pre-IPOs and a lot of, you know, just aggressive folks running at the top. And and so if they decided, you know, you didn't do this or that, and you never really knew. I mean, you might even make your quota. You might do your job. But it might not be up to snuff to what they really wanted. So you'd come back from lunch and they're, I laugh now, but seriously, I mean, I still laugh at the people that I worked there with all these years ago, but we'd come back and you wouldn't be everybody, you know, just a couple of people with a brown box on their desk and it meant time to go, you know, and, but so people were crying and, you know, the one who got the box and all the friends and, but it also kept people in a state of panic, of course. Because, oh yeah. Cause if you don't know, it, it's, it's just a complete shock and you just come right. back and wow. Yeah. You know, we <laughs> talked, yeah. So what, what kind what kind of job performance are any, is anybody else going to have on there? Is it wondering, okay, my next break, am I going to be gone too for something? Right. 
Right. You know, and I don't, I don't think we've brought in fear as much as maybe we should into this conversation because I think that, and, and it, may, it may be the counterpart, it may be the opposite, you know, like honesty or, um, you know, we may go on to talk a little more about communication, but, you know, so maybe fear can be diffused or even dismantled if we handle things right on the front end. But I think we all go into situations, including relationships, including jobs, fearful. We, we, we don't know. We don't want to be rejected. We don't want to be let go. We don't want to do the wrong thing. We'd like to know the rules, you know, quickly or like it to be even maybe open-ended so that we have some freedom, but we won't get punished for using it. And so I think fear is really an important element that a leader needs to, you know, and I talk about a, a lot about intentionality. In other words, not, oh, I didn't know you were scared sorry, you know, that that's how you felt. I didn't intend for you. But you have to actually have true intention to make sure people are not afraid. And I think to do that, that draws us right back to honesty. And maybe we haven't talked yet in detail about communication. But I think honesty and communication, that is a proactive way for a leader to not only, again, diffuse and dismantle fear, but it also shows that the leader is very brave and courageous. It's hard for a leader to say, guys, there might be some cuts coming and we might be able to avoid them, but here's what we're going to have to do. And we're all going to have to band mm-hmm. together, give it our best shot. I might be one of the cuts myself and I'm a leader, so I don't really know, but here's what I do know. Okay, so that takes courage and bravery for a leader to sit down and say, I'm exposed, I'm vulnerable myself, I need your help. What can we do? Well, right, but, yeah. And, go and, ahead. I think that really comes into a lot of things is, and I'm just looking at, there's so many parallels that are just running through my head. I, I know that as a healer, one of the best lessons that I learned was that we can only help people heal as far as we're willing to be able to heal ourselves. And, it, and I think, you know, as we take, if we, you know, switch this as to a leader, we can only lead as much as we're willing to be able to lead ourselves and develop all of these these tendencies and to be able you know look at understanding and look at the fear i know there are so many leaders managers that i had i think they were managing out of fear and desperation right you know i saw this in some of the hospitality jobs that i had along the way i had a lot more skills and you know there was just a period of my time it was like a period of my life where i just you know i wanted to I, Took a couple of years and we were waited tables at resorts on, on the beach. I love it. And and I know that, you know, and I wasn't trying to do anything. I was just trying to be able to do the best job that I could, could, you know, out of some of the other stresses from the other job. I loved working with people. To me, it was a big mental chess game, and I did well. I, I, you know, I could manage eight, ten tables at a time, and other people were struggling with two. Wow. I'll, I had no aspirations of becoming a manager and doing something because I saw the, I saw some of the stuff that they were doing, but the managers never came back and asked me what my plans were. They all were coming from a place of fear and they saw my, they saw potential for me to be able to, to do more and probably take their jobs. Right. And, right. and you know, it's like, you know, if they would have asked me, I would have said, you know, hey, I don't want your job. <laughs> I just, right. want to be, I, I just want to be able to do this. This is what I'm doing. This is temporary. I'm going to do the best that I can for now. But, you know, there's a lot of people who are just thinking that competition and that lack 
And again, that honesty and being able to look at that and can you be capable of having somebody smarter, more talented, and you can still be the manager, be the leader, but you don't have to control them. I think that's so poignant what you're saying because I think we we are in a society where it is just built that way. I I believe that people that are top performers and do really well, and I will speak for myself and say I've been in different fields too. And so, you know, I, while I'm in the field of psychology or coaching or whatever now, I was in corporate America, I was in high tech, I was in fast pace, I was in pre-IPO. But it didn't matter. If I was the best at something, it often was my demise. Like people always paid really close attention to the person on the top or doing it best or finding a creative way to accomplish twice as much in half the time, you know. And I and it's the kind of attention I didn't want. I mean, it's nice to be number one or get a trophy or something, but it was a different dynamic, and I believe it completely still exists. You know, that mm-hmm. we, wa- we watch the people who are really nailing it, and we immediately apply what they can take from us. Is I don't care if we're above them or below them, or their peer. We immediately assess if that person's doing that, and I'm not quite there oh my gosh, you know, what does this mean for me? And like we talked about, fear sets in and then all of a sudden, you know, you might do actions you wish you didn't do or, you know, make more trouble than need be when someone's just doing their job well. So I think that it's, um, it's, it's really true. It's interesting, and especially in management. I think there's a huge, you know, insecurity of somebody that knows, you know, not just what you're like being more functional and being able to do something better or faster, but also what you know. If you're the one who created the business plan, if you're the one who actually came up with a formula that now works, but it's fast paced and not everyone knows it. People start to get insecure. That you're the one with the data. Mm-hmm. So I... I really, it goes back to, you know, what, what we're saying again in communication. And, um, and I think it's, it leads also, so communication and honesty. So we're saying, okay, those are critical. And I, I do believe bravery and courage, as I've named, are associated with the leader who can do that. But I believe that it absolutely builds the loyalty and trust of the follower. What do you think about direction? Do you think it's important for a leader to... You know, be letting people know where we're headed, where we're going, what we're doing next, or do you think it can be on the fly? No. Well, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. I love your sayings. They're awesome. So so who's going to be able to follow you if it's like, okay, you know... You know, those are fun road trips. You could just get in a car and just decide, okay, well, we come to an intersection, well, we turn right or left, flip a coin, and go there. But if, if... you know, you got something and people are looking to be able to make an impact and change the world, we have to have a direction. Otherwise, it's just going to get lost. And like we started out and saying, you know, we're going to turn around and nobody's going to be following us because they're going to be looking for direction. People are people are drifting. There's so right. many people with, you know, going on in the world right now, and they're just drifting. They're waiting to be led. Right, and you know, I think I think it's important. I think and leaders can come in so many different ways. You know, you can lead your kids. You can lead. You can lead your. You know, your pets. You can lead your community. You can lead your business, and we can lead anything. And I think it really comes down to it is you know, God doesn't really call the qualified; He qualifies the called. 
So mm-hmm. I think that, that there's something that's inside all of us that if you're looking to be able to go there and you, you have a voice, you want to make an impact in the world, you know, if we come from a servant attitude and we're looking at empowering people and, and applying these aspects that we talked about, the communication, the honesty, the creating the direction, the humility, we can do all of these things in such a way that even on the smallest level, we don't have to hold a position. We don't have to be anointed a manager or a leader or a vice president or something else. We can be a leader in any aspects of our lives. And I think, you know, if people would look at that, start leading yourself. Right. And, when you, and when you start leading yourself well, people are going to say, wow, I really like what they're doing. I'm going to learn more from them. You know, and then yes. all of a sudden you'll start getting, you know, there'll be, start, <laughs> there, there'll be a little gathering, they'll grow into a crowd in an audience, and all of a sudden you're there. But you've got to start leading yourself and leading where you are, make an impact. I like that. I like that. You have to make an impact where you are. Our show, just I swear, it <laughs> flies by every time. So first of all, I'm just going to, Right off the bat, just thank you. Thank you so oh, much, Gary, a for being here. sharing. I, I love being able to you know, get some of these thoughts out and be able to help, you know, help other yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And I'm going to read a couple more winners. I have my Lindsay's Life Secret, so I'll be a little speedy as I go through this. I do want to tell you guys to stay tuned next week because Gary's actually on again. So while he's been on once before with Relationship, we didn't – Get as much done as we wanted, and so we have a part two, but I want to let you know that's next week, and we wanted to incorporate some leadership in. Let me read a couple answers. Gord Holden said, you nurture good leaders by putting them in positions where, number one, they learn to follow, and number two, they learn about the role of teamwork in success. And I think that that would be confirmed by what we have said. Um um, one coin pool said the best teacher is the one who can be the best example of himself, doing good things and be able to help fellow members. So that's great. And Chris Deliano said a good teacher is someone who inspires others through their actions. The mediocre teacher tells the good te- the mediocre teacher tells the good teacher explains. The superior teacher demonstrates. The great teacher inspires. And that was all a quote actually that Chris quoted from William Arthur Ward. I am going to tell you my Lindsay Life secret. The one that needs or asks or demands power, they're not very powerful. Those are those people who feel powerful understand delegation. They understand the process to delegate to others. And p- powerful people really hope to cultivate future leaders. So someone swinging around that power is someone to be concerned about. Effective leaders create safety, trust, they keep their word, And most of all, they're humble enough to ask to be led by their own followers. This gives the followers the respect that makes them continue to trust, be loyal, and follow that leader. So sounds like a lot of words being spun around, but it's really pretty important. People who need to claim power aren't very powerful at all. People who have a lot of power will be quite quiet about it and hope to inspire others to their better place. We have talked about leadership. We've talked about the characters of a leader. We've talked about, is there a formula to be a good leader? Um, Mostly listening to followers and listening to each other and playing as a team. And again, not trying to claim power because that's a scary thing. And if you scare your followers, they might do what you say. 
but don't expect loyalty necessarily when you need it the most. So uh, fear tactics won't ever be something you'll hear me supporting. Please follow us on Illuminating Now, which is Facebook and at sign Illuminating Now Twitter. Gary can be found at GaryLoper.com, and you should totally check out his website and see the free offerings and his complimentary session. You can email me with any ideas. I also have QualityForLifeCoaching.com. Website's been redesigned. New blog coming up. Lots of exciting things happening there. And you guys, we are really growing fast. The show is growing fast. So I'm thrilled with your participation and the community. So please tune in next week when Gary and I have another dialogue. But it's going to be about relationship, being lovable, sustaining, that kind of thing. And we have had a huge demand on this subject and more demand after Gary on the last show. So please tune in and that will be next week on July 30th. This is Lindsay Levinson, your host, Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Thanks for tuning in. Gary Loper was our guest. Have a fabulous week. Thanks for joining us for Illuminating Now, Lindsay's Life Secrets. Please join Lindsay Levinson again next Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.